Thank you. I needed this. Thank you so much. It's a fiery, like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell Jr. And I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences. We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power, and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome back to Humanize. Um, We are disrupting our normal flow of episode releases to focus in on the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse. This feels really relevant to try to tease apart. I mean, this is just going to be Courtney and I trying to share our understanding of this really big case here in the U.S. So just a, a quick reminder or let folks in from other countries. So um, back in 2020, Jacob Blake, who's a black man, was shot by the police in Wisconsin. Following that, there were protests. And at one of the protests, Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old white um, boy, took his AK-15, which is a semi-automatic, you know, military-grade gun, which he uh, possessed legally, um, went down to the protests, got in some altercations. He ended up shooting some people and killing two people. That's the brief, uh, trying to stick to the facts. It's hard to stick to the facts in something that's so loaded with with history. And so Courtney and I wanted to kind of grapple with this a little today. And I would say, you know, my interest in having this conversation with you, Courtney, is just examining questions that are related to white supremacy culture and the history of the U.S., particularly in terms of fear. What did the role fear played in this? And who is the victim in this situation? Kyle Rittenhouse was recently found not guilty on all of the charges against him. He claimed self-defense. Hmm. You, you just said two things that are pointed to me or two questions that raise up something for me. And I want to answer it with two things, privilege and who is the victim. Mm-hmm. So let me let me start with that. I think his privilege was on parade. In what way? Okay. You have a person who got into a minivan with his mother, felt the need to protect property that he did not own himself, travel across taking it to his own hands to say, you know what? You guys are wrong for protesting in this way. So no matter however you feel about protest, um, whether you call it a riot, whatever that may look like to you in your mind, I feel as though he shouldn't mind his business. And the reason I say it like that is like a lot of times when, if if it was a black man or a man of color, we would have like, yo, first off, I'm not going to travel with a gun. And try to protect property that is mine, given historically uh, what has happened in, in this company to people that look like me. Mm-hmm. Right? Also, I think he's a victim because just 
I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play the what if game. What if he is not a person that is is not trying his best to learn his privilege, to learn his whiteness? And what if he just made an honest mistake because he thought that he was doing the right thing to help everyone? Mm-hmm. Right? I think he's a victim now because he's being exploited in certain ways for certain agendas politically mm-hmm. now to, to push certain narratives. And yeah. hopefully with time, he'll see that, hey, check this out. You know, I am happy to be acquitted. My name is Kyle Rittenhouse, and I want to stand for this because everyone knows what Fox News stands for. Everyone knows what McCartney stands for. McCartney said he will have a job for my campaign. They are now making him the the logo for who's McCartney? Sorry. Oh, the soon to be. He's trying to be Speaker of the House if um, the other guy from Kentucky uh, loses or or something happens and he doesn't win. So he's again. a Republican leader. Yeah, yeah, he's a Republican okay. leader, minority, minority um, Republican leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he, but he's um, a Trump supporter to the nines, you know, and he feels as though Rittenhouse won one for the team. You know, and so mm-hmm. unless Whit- Rittenhouse really comes out and says on one side, yes, I'm all in. These are my people when we're talking about um, Trump, because I don't think all Republicans feel the same way. So I'm not going to lump all Republicans in with those individuals who want to uphold white supremacy. However, we don't know because he's not speaking. He's just enjoying, it seems like, his 15 minutes of fame. Kyle Rittenhouse? Written out. He now has a documentary out that will be shown. Tucker Carlson is showing that. He had an interview on Fox. He is being spoken about, probably has t-shirts made, like he's doing like and so Yeah, I mean, I think what you just said was interesting. So I I watched, you know, the 17 minute portion of the Tucker Carlson interview with him, Tucker Carlson being a very uh <laughs> spirited Fox News. I wouldn't even call him an anchor uh, person. Personality. And, you know, Grittenhouse had a year of being coached in how to talk about these issues. That said, you know, I've worked with teenagers a lot. And that said, I was listening to Kyle Rittenhouse and I was like, I could know this guy. Like, he stuck to the facts. He voiced his support of Black Lives Matter protests that were going on Mm -hmm. there. He voices concern about the community. He broke down what happened. And I I think I agree with you that if he becomes a pawn for the Republican story, that's him becoming a victim. Yeah. And within that context, you know, there's these questions going around of like, did Biden call him a white supremacist when he Hmm. affiliated basically what was happening and Trump's lack of uh yeah he didn't disavow them they didn't disavow him yeah yeah so where this becomes a story about race is not in that he was a white supremacist i don't think that that is being claimed i don't from what i have seen what i've read doesn't seem to be like the glaring story of the situation this is not a kkk reprisal um both people that were killed were white but it does become a story about race when you look at the system. Mm-hmm. And this is the system that's starting to use him. And I'm not intending for this to be an interview defending Kyle Rittenhouse, but I do think that he's becoming 
a victim of the Republican narrative and how this is making white people the victim is a big ploy of white supremacy. And and see, we spoke about this before, how white supremacy doesn't just use people of color. They use white people as well. Right. Even though, like, it's like using whatever it takes to survive, even if what we have to use is our own people. Right. Like, if, you, if you're trying to survive and in a weird way, I got to sacrifice one of my kids. Like, when they tell you if a plane's going down, you put the you put the. the thing on yourself Mm -hmm. because you can have more children your children can't uh, a two-year-old can't take care of themselves you put the mask on yourself oh yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean and so like i think white supremacy is making sure like look yeah you're a white guy yeah you got all but now you got to pay for how we saved your life right yeah we got to make if it's a person saying yo bro you got to pay your dues now now you got to be my pawn yeah this is a minor you know he probably just turned 18 because he shot these people when he was exactly. 17. So 17 yeah. he is a minor and so mm-hmm. i mean making a documentary about him right now that's never going away yeah you know that's never yeah. going away i feel like the attention does not need to be on rittenhouse the attention needs to be on this narrative being built around Thank you. basically what is the the crisis of the nation right now the question everyone is asking, yes. who is to fear? What kind of violence can we use to protect ourselves in the face of fear? And this is the crux of white supremacy. And this case is terrifying in the way that it has justified the use of a military-grade weapon on the mm-hmm. streets during a protest. That is that is what and see now let me now let me kind of switch your thinking. You see, everyone is focused on and distracted by the white black thing with Kyle Rittenhouse. When there is, in my estimation, and I'll say this, in my there is a glaring white black issue with Ahmaud Arbery going on right now. Oh, that's huge. I mean, the, the history of the citizens' arrest like concept, you know, that, it, that's it, yeah. So, so not as much coverage and being and uh, what's not being spoken about is something that's not as sexy as Kyle Rittenhouse because they can mold that narrative. They can say, "Oh, it's a white black thing. He's a white supremacist." Body to What's going on with Ahmaud Arbery? My man was just jogging, and he's dead because he looked like he didn't belong in a neighborhood where he was jogging in. That right there should be front and center on a lot of people's minds. Because this system, in Kyle Rittenhouse's case, is not going to change by uplifting Kyle Rittenhouse. I, I mean, so I, I listened to an interview with Ibram X. Kendi about this. And I just mm-hmm. returning to this question of, like, is this case related to white supremacy? And I thought it was interesting. He reminded, you know, the interviewer that in the 50s, there were a lot of white people that were killed for supporting the civil rights movement. So the fact that the people that were killed weren't Mm -hmm. Black doesn't mean that it's then not about race, because we're talking about people who are wanting to put themselves on the line to protest. And I can't speak for the motivation of all the people there. Mm -hmm. So there's this complicated thing uh, in this case of like making white people victims of a, quote, riot, versus the white people who were protesting. And I think that we can see how this is related to white supremacy if we just start changing people's race, right? 
if Rittenhouse was black? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would this be a different cultural narrative? Like, I mean, the whole, the whole gun debate, too, of, like, who gets to carry these guns and enforce? Yeah. Why are you 17 years old with an AK? Like, and how is that? Is, are, are you telling me it was legal for him to have that? Yeah. Like, it was to his name. It was saying, I am yeah, 17 years old. And like, I, can, I, damn. I think I, I pulled up. He was found not guilty in first-degree intentional homicide, attempted first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, first-degree recklessly endangering safety, first-degree recklessly endangering safety. Those are the same. Um, I guess those are two counts. Of it. Yeah. So what yeah. I'm yeah. trying to understand from the law perspective is these self-defense things they are centered around the idea of who is the provoker. So you can't claim self-defense mm -hmm. if you are the provoker. So this is where it really ties into fear. Provoker yeah. is, am I afraid in this moment, mm -hmm. right? So how would that fear yeah. be different if the AK was being held by a black man or a white man? How would bias be filled into that so he was, the jury found that Kyle Rittenhouse was provoked. He was, he was in fear. So he had to self, he had to defend himself. Yeah. hundred percent. The thing about it too, is if, if BLM members go down to a protest with the AK, the narrative is now, look, they are damaging their own um, neighborhoods, their own communities, this and that. And it's our communities when it's fucked up. But it's their community if we're protecting it. The politics you see what I'm saying? of like, place. It's, a, it's, a, it's a weird, yeah, exactly. You know, and so that's where race comes in. Because I don't think this is a Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist issue. I think that if the holder of the gun was a man of color, everything would have been different. Like when you're in there, because I don't agree with damaging property because you're upset at a system and you want to get your voice heard. Like like when you riot, like King said, that is the voice right. of individuals that have been unheard. You know what? So it's, if it's wrong, it, 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 it's not a right or wrong question. It's like if you keep kicking a dog long enough that loves you, mm -hmm. sooner or later that same dog may bite you. You know, is it wrong for the dog to bite you? Yeah, of course. But what has led up to individuals looting and, and, and burning their communities? You know, and so historically, like I think, I think, and I would love to, I don't know, Kyle Rittenhouse and probably would never talk to him, but if I could talk to him, I'm sure that he would feel as though I don't have a problem with black people. I support Black Lives Matter. There was a chant that says all lives, un until Black Lives Matter, no lives matter. He was involved in that in front of the, the, the front of the lot. So I don't think that he intentionally went down there to hurt anyone. I think he was like, yo, this is my community. These are the people I stand for. I'm going to get a gun and I'm out because nothing's going to happen to this community, you know? And so that's where I think it is. It's a question of him being defended by the system of yes. white supremacy. Yes. Yeah. Like the fact that, so this, the Rittenhouse case has turned everyone's eyes to this Crystal Kaiser case who was arrested at 17, exact same age. She's black and she was arrested for killing her sex yeah. trafficker. Yes, yes. Right? Self, this should have been self-defense. And mm -hmm. there is some things happening right now. People fundraise it for the 400,000 
bail bond that she had. So she is mm-hmm. able to be at home while she awaits this case. But I mean, that's intense. Like to, there's so much that, that went on in that case. And I don't know the details of that case, but um, we need to understand where, where the things are happening. And ironically, this has happened. Her case is in Kenosha as well. That's, 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 yeah. It's like if me and you or me and a white man rob a bank and I was just holding the bags of money, but the white guy was in there, guns drawn, and and he may have shot someone in the leg trying to get out and this and that, and we both run out of the bank and we both ran in different directions. What direction do you think a police officer is running in? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, it, it, I'm, I'm getting my ass hogged down. Yeah. The white guy may get away, you know? And so, like, the system is 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 in place to make sure that if we're going to sacrifice one of our own, we have to have damn good reason to do so. Because even in the case with George Floyd, it took a lot to get my guy in jail. Uh-huh. But I'm sure there's some reasons that we probably don't, like this system is so serious that it's not about the people. The people who are involved, including us, are, is, is, is a game. How long can we last in this system? How long can we make this thing viable and live and anyone who threatens that yo we got to handle them that's the issue yeah i just i mean this i just keep coming back to this idea of how this case is highlighting who are we making the victim who do we need to fear and what role does guns and the law (laughs) hold in that you know and as an individual person like i feel pretty far away from being able to make any sort of policy change, even, you know, donating to uh, every day and like other organizations that are trying to, you know, confront the NRA and and things like that. Like it's, for me, it's this fear piece that's under my control of like, what is my instinctive response to seeing someone who quote, doesn't look like a person that I usually see in this neighborhood or, you know, it's, it's those biases and and the fear response. And this country is doing a very frightening job of whipping up fear. You know, fear is so high right now that all of a sudden these things of self-defense make more sense to us. Like, oh, of course, of course it was terrifying out there. Of course he needed to kill two people because it was so scary. Yeah. I, I don't know. Fear and audacity are like, some some of the things that really push whatever. If you're if someone is running a campaign based on fear, it's gonna be pretty hard to beat them if you're not stoking fear on your end. That's the reality. If you are running a campaign based on fear, and I'm running campaign as oh, I love everyone, I could be a good guy, but I don't. It it'll be pretty hard for me to win. Right. Fear is the more powerful emotion. Yeah, a hundred percent. Right. And which it should be like, you should be afraid of certain things to let you know that A, you're human, B, you see danger coming. But now our upper level, what makes us different from like dogs and snakes and and, and reptiles and things like that, should say, you know what, let me use my upper level thinking and try to figure out why am I afraid? Is it a valid fear? And if it's fear, let me use sensible curiosity and try to understand it better. Or, like, if you're in a scary situation, like Kyle Rittenhouse was explaining in his interview, where there were fire burning, there were other people with guns, you know, yeah. get out of there. Leave. You're a child. Yeah. 
like don't feel that you we're in a world where you need like you need to get out of there it's privilege right? that's <laughs> that's privilege on parade right there mm. i can do this whether he like whether it was it was subconscious or what i can do this and i'll be okay mm-hmm. i'll be okay we'll figure it out i live in a country where i'll be okay and what's wrong with our values that like he was defending a car lot Right, because this other car lot was burnt the other day, and he was defending a car lot. What has happened that cars are more and people more important than people's lives? <laughs> cars, dogs, what houses. has happened? Yeah, you go out there. You like we need Oof. to reverse ourselves from this. We need to reverse ourselves. Like this is we're not. T- yeah, this is. I mean, this is how like things come together. We're not talking about the right thing here. Yeah, we're we're trying to focus on. Kyle Rittenhouse's character and what did Biden say or not say about him? Mm -hmm. And what did, you know, how is Tucker Carlson going to use him or not use him? We need to focus on like what has happened to this country that our values are so backwards, our fear is so high, and we are stuck in a spiral of white supremacy being the backstop for all of these conversations. (laughs) Like, White supremacy created the policies, created the constitution, created all of these things. But that, I mean, you know the answer to that. You know, it, it's like no one wants to talk about white supremacy. No one wants to talk about CRT. The replacement theory is 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 huge. Like, no one. Why would you want to talk about something that's going to reveal the evils? Like, just let it happen. Because that's the only area that we can. I agree with actually, you. Like how, in what sort of like science experiments can you try to solve the problem without understanding what's going on? I agree with you. There's no way to treat a disease if you don't know what's going on. Right. 100%. I agree with you. But if I was one of the architects of white supremacy, they no way in hell I want to talk about genocide, slavery, what really, why, why Thanksgiving is, 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 is what it is. Like, what? Why would I want to talk about the creation of our country? Like, it's the myth of Thanksgiving, the myth of a non-white supremacist country. It's so like, it, yeah, we're, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing, and I think it's, it's our job. Perfectly. Our job is to see it, appreciate it. When I say appreciate it, people are like congratulate it. Yeah, you're doing a good job. No, appreciate it and know that the adversary is real. It's not a game. And so unless you are audacious enough to feel as though this is wrong, no matter your skin color, mm-hmm. because we had an episode a long time ago and we said white supremacy fucks us all. It's not just right. people of color. It's all of us. Right. If we're not walking progressively with all people, we will never be free of white supremacy. So it's not to, to dog white people out when we talk about white supremacy. It's to see an issue. Talk about the actors in the issue and hope that individuals who were who are benefiting from the system will now topple said system. That's what that's what my goal is. And I can even see like how so Courtney and I gave a, a talk yesterday to HR professionals on balancing equity with efficiency. And in that, we're talking about, you know, what's the right way and the wrong way and how oppressive thinking, which is white supremacy thinking, forces us to think about things as either or. There's a way in which Kyle Rittenhouse right now is a victim of white supremacy in that he is getting categorized as I'm on this side now. That's going to be with him forever. forever. 
if we can understand the, the, the complexity and nuance, which, by the way, is what critical race theory teaches us, <laughs> is understanding the complexity and nuance, he would be free to live the rest of his life. He is not going to be free to live the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. He is going to be in a box forever. Mm -hmm. So he is also the victim of oppressive thinking and white supremacy thinking. I really did not expect to come into this episode like Kyle Rittenhouse is like, oh, I feel sorry for him <laughs> because no. he's getting screwed by the system. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for what he represents. And, and this is a glaring um, situation of how, how amazing and crafty and brilliant the system is. Two days, like uh, uh, even a couple weeks ago to a month ago, Rittenhouse is just another guy on trial. Now they say, you know what, let's use this situation. It looks like he may be off to, to run right. campaigns. To make to, right. to show the world, like, hey, he's gonna be at rallies. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. So I feel yeah. sorry for what, and he's not gonna perceive that he has choice in that yeah. because that's what white supremacy thinking yeah. would love to box him in. So we got to wrap up here. I'm actually headed off to have coffee with Pedro Silvas, who was our second guest in season two. Yeah. So I got to head off to say hi to him. But thank you for today oh man thank you i needed this thank you so much it's a fiery like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully yeah hopefully listening to the the debates and nuances can just help further people's thinking around this yes definitely definitely so, appreciate you thank you thank you we'll see you soon enough <laughs> much love family Thanks for joining us on this episode of Humanize. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us on Instagram or Facebook to continue this conversation at The Humanize Podcast. Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love.